Welcome to the final episode of the season of Out of the Rough. We have Sean with us today. Conveniently, we don't have Nate. It's a uh, strange coincidence, Sean, that you two seem to be dodging each other, I feel like, here. What's going on? Uh, you know, lovers quarrels, you know, but uh, <laughs> uh, they, they do say distance makes the heart grow fonder. So as well as Nate and I, maybe uh, when this next season starts, you know, take a little time off. We'll be great people again. So. <laughs> well, yeah, heading into the final week of the FedEx Cup, down to 30 golfers, maybe 29, maybe 28, maybe 27. I do believe Morikawa is playing. I believe Louis is playing. And from what I've seen, Patrick Reed appears to be giving it a go. So it looks like we'll have 30 players cut down from a 70 last week. Yeah. Interesting tournament last week, I guess. Saw uh, Bryson and Patrick Cantlay have a six-hole playoff where Patrick Cantlay, Patty Ice, came out on top. Good to see, I guess, Patty win. I had Bryson in my lineup, so in a way that was a little bit disappointing to see because, you know, picking another winner would have felt good and um, have that one under the resume. The lineups weren't fantastic for me last week. And we had some – we had that – tough second round from Keegan Bradley with that four over that's not ideal finishing 60th Gooch 57th and then Connors and Thomas tied at 22nd that's I mean that's not really going to get you any money um and especially with the no cut we can only be in 70 golfers at 60th and 57th is a lot worse than that seems but we had Bryson out there Talked about Sung Jay. Sung Jay finishing third. So we had a couple good finishes. Um, nothing, I guess, really to write home about and talk about too much. But speaking of last week, came to the end of our one and done. We have the keeper of the one and done back. Sean, <laughs> let's give us the final recap. So uh, as the as you mentioned, the BMW Championship was the last event of the year. Uh, I had Xander. Um you had Scotty and Nate had Louie. Scotty was a high finisher. Uh, Xander was the low one, so Nate took the middle on that. Um, last couple weeks is, were really big for you in terms of uh, how you came out in second place. Um, we already knew that I won after the first event, so that was kind of over. Uh, first no, event of the season or first event of the playoffs? First event of the season when Charlie Hoffman yeah, okay. got almost a million, so... Um, yeah, it was a good but, by you. Yeah, and I well, I do have to give you the credit because you did mention him while that podcast. <laughs> I know, I know that specifically. So um, maybe next time yeah, you don't welcome. mention some guys, or maybe we should do one and done in the beginning. I don't know. We can talk about that. Um, either way, um, I finished off in first uh, with five million and some change, um, just over five million. Uh, Lenny was in second, like I previously mentioned, uh, with three million fifty thousand nine hundred. And then Nate came in the tail end with 2,919,000 and some change. So um, it took, a, took a, like I said, last couple of weeks, I think that Dustin Johnson, big one for you for the 220 grand at the WGC. And I also think uh, that Seamus Power move at the Barbasol. Oh, yeah. I think that one is actually a big week for you. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Him and then Rom at the Masters, I think were like my real two big ones. Yeah, uh, that that was big, but I, the, that week of the Barbasol wasn't that the same week of the Open. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, the you had both uh, 
Kepka and Power almost made a million bucks that week yourself. So um, that was uh, that was pretty good week for you. Yeah, but it was a solid week. We will uh, we will be back next season with this event as well. We'll start from the beginning with the three of us, uh, and we will be keeping track like we have been this year. So if you've appreciated this one or this segment of the podcast and enjoy, be sure to tune in next time for it. Uh, as we'll we'll keep it going, it'll be bigger and better as we have more events uh, since we started this midway through the the season with the Valero as the first event on our list. Uh, if anyone actually wants to join us, feel free to drop into the DMs on our social media. Out of the rough WK, we can get you involved in our one and done contest. But I think uh, having us all together for an entire year will bring a lot more strategy into it, make it a lot more fun and. And we'll see me coming out on top. So, you know, it'll be it'll be a good run. Yeah. Right. No. Good luck. That's all I have to say. <laughs> we'll get into the FedEx Cup final here now. It's going to be at East Lake Golf Club. It's just outside Atlanta, Georgia. It's kind of a shorter course, but it's a par 70. So it's 7,300 yards, par 70. So not a 71 or 72. So it... Um, Wait, what's it's the part? kind of 70. Oh, it's not. Okay, 70 is the part. Par 70, okay. Par 70. That is correct. Okay. Um, well, um, one more time for the people in the back. It's a 70. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bermuda grass greens. The greens are kind of on the larger side, over 6,000 square feet. And so, you know, take that as you will. Sometimes it kind of helps the ball strikers. Sometimes it helps the good putters. And you'll see a bit more greens and regulation, maybe a few more three putts than you normally would see. However, with the top 30 guys, and it's basically the top 30 guys in the world that are in this, everyone's good here. Like, you have some guys who are better at ball striking, some guys better short games, some guys better putters. But once you're getting to this level of the competition, everyone in here is good. Everyone's a solid golfer. Some guys might not be in the best form, but... I mean, it, it's tough to pick, and it's tough to kind of determine what you want to do here. And, you know, decent amount of bunkers, 74 of them. Quite a few will come into play. It is a Donald Ross design. So, to me, when I see Donald Ross or think Donald Ross, I kind of think the second shot courses, a little bit of the strategic golf. And it, it's not a terribly difficult course. Uh, there will be a few forced layups, few forced carries, as always, with his designs. Um, but for me, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be picking anyone specific, any style specifically out of this. But just always great ball strikers will perform. And, and for me, it's going to be a little bit of playing guys who have maybe one weakness in their game. And I'm almost going to basically bet on that they pop off this week. Because um, I just feel like with so few guys in the tournament, when you pick six guys in your lineup, you're already owning 20% of the field. Ownership is going to be through the roof on everyone. You'll see, every, I mean, you'll see guys up to 30, 40%, I'm sure, in contests, if not more, if you're in a smaller contest. You really have to kind of strategize here on how you're going to play guys, uh, what you're going to kind of look at, what you want to do. Um, If you can find some guys with low ownership and you can kind of hit on them, it'll be huge. If you're leaving money on the table, I think it is smart 
just with how few guys we have, it'll help give you more of a unique lineup that no one else has. But it, it is a difficult week, I think, in my opinion, to really kind of just pick guys that it's almost you could draw out of a hat end up picking six guys who finished dead last you could draw out a hat pick six guys who finished in the top 10 kind of almost more than any other week we're just kind of the skill gap here isn't much and i mean anyone could really go low what do you think sean i think we're going to see a lot of highlights of uh tiger woods walking down 18 on this course um I think I I think I've already seen a few uh, on social media, but I think we're going to see a bunch of that, which is always good to see because that was a hell of an event. Uh, and to watch that scene over and over again is kind of crazy, and it makes you miss Tiger even more. Um, yeah. But to talk about the guys that are actually playing, and I think it's it's going to be, as you said, kind of the drop in a hat, as we say in the, like the six thousand range normally, but any of these guys can do this uh, and, and it could come from any price range. I do think the format in terms of how they're starting with their FedEx cup points being, you know, Patrick can't lay 10 under and then back and back down that way that will play into it. But I do think that there's some guys probably like a, a Brooks Kepka comes to mind, maybe even a Rory or uh, somebody, maybe even Louie, I don't know, but I, I feel like Brooks and Rory kind of have a different kind of, like attack mindset where maybe they since they are at a disadvantage uh, it could be a, a good thing for them and and they could come out and start shooting some low numbers and get fantasy points for you because you know they're going to need a lot of birdies compared to Cantley who can kind of sit at that 10 under and kind of play some pars so it's going to be interesting yeah, for sure uh, but i i do i do think it's a it's a fun new way for the format to be held it's going to be interesting to see if it makes a difference uh in terms of anything but there's a lot of money on the line uh and everybody wants to win that so um it's going to be some shooters for sure yeah i mean a lot of money on the lines an understatement i just to kind of talk about how sean said it was a relatively new uh, format this is the third year of doing this style of you know, the starting strokes with players. Last year, DJ won. He started first at 10 under. And then in 2019, Rory won. He also had the lowest score. He started in fifth and was, I believe, at five under. And then but last year, Xander did have the lowest score, but shot, uh, what was he, three back at DJ, I want to say. Um, so you don't necessarily have to have the lowest round of the week. If you do hit those guys who have those super low rounds, even if they're not winning, they're not in second, third, but you hit like a Daniel Berger who started at even par and he has a low round of the week, like that will rack you up so many points. So I do think you are right. And hitting on those lower owned guys, or not the lower owned guys, the lower priced guys, and you get the one who makes the run, that's where you're going to be making your money this week. I guess we should uh, talk about the starting strokes a little bit here. Uh, so starting out, we have Patrick Cantlay in first. He's at 10 under, so he will be starting the tournament at minus 10. So when he, him and Tony Finau go off first tee, they will be at 10 under and 8 under. Then we have Bryson at 7 under, John Rahm at 6, Cam Smith at 5. And then we start to get into the groups of guys, JT, English, Answer, Spieth, and Burns at 4 under. At three under, we see Morikawa, Sungjae Im, Victor Hovland, Louis Oosthuizen, and DJ. T 
two unders, Rory, Xander, Kokrak, Nod, Kepka. One under, we have Connors, Matsuyama, Sink, Neiman, and Scheffler. And then coming in at even pars, Berger, Van Royen, Garcia, Billy Horschel, and Patrick Reed. Looking at this, Sean, what do you think the kind of the furthest back someone could possibly win this tournament is at? I, I mean, to say that you could be one of the lower end guys and really have a chance to win this tournament, I think is, is pretty difficult in my opinion. Um, I don't think it's, it's not un, undoable or, or unheard of, I guess. Uh, so it, I guess you, anyone could, but I, I just don't think that would be a, an option. Seeing that you're already at a disadvantage with a few strokes, unless you do take advantage of the mindset and try to attack things, uh, it, you, you may not be able to catch up to some things. I, I would say, you know, if some someone's back like the three under maybe or so, if you have a couple good days. Um, you I have Morikawa, Hovland, Louis, DJ, Sungjae, solid. I mean, all solid golfers in here. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's possible just because you know Cantlay's out in, in front by seven strokes at the starting position doesn't mean that you birdie and he bogeys the first hole and there you go. You know, it's it's now you're down to five yeah. strokes. So. It it does you know it could take a one hole swing to really make some stuff happen and and as you've seen with I know you mentioned the playoff holes and and some of the stuff that's well not necessarily you mentioned with Bryson uh, last week with some of the uh, the errant tee shots that he had or the back to back holes he hit water you know like anything could happen in that case and then you're there goes your strokes so um, yeah it it it's possible for anybody I think but I do think that there is a cap at a certain point just just on how how possible it is to really go out and shoot how how low would you have to go every day you know you'd have to shoot like low 60s every day to to kind of compete yeah i don't necessarily think you need to be that low but for me i think it's four under partially the players that are there and the players you need to pass because when you're at the three under you now have like 10 guys you need to pass I mean, the odds of one of those 10, you know, I mean, Finau, Bryson, Rom, right there at 876, all playing great golf in front of you. I feel like one of those guys isn't going to just give you five strokes. Who knows? But for me, it's the four under number. I don't mind that three under number. Uh, if you're looking at outright betting, uh, if I'm looking at a guy – yeah, it's it's not coming from anyone outside of that four under range. But we'll get into the DFS kind of our, our bread and butter a little bit. Uh, with DraftKings this week, you do have to keep in mind the starting strokes. And the pricing definitely is shown with starting strokes. When you look at Patrick Cantley, 13,400. And then going all the way down to like Van Royen at 5,000. I mean, you could get three Van Royens, basically two and a half Van Royens for the price of Cantlay. It's, it's going to be interesting kind of making a lineup here. But back to the top here Cantlay at 13,4, Rom at 13,000, Bryson at 12,3, Tony Fino 11,8, JT at 11,000 even. Those are the top five guys start with Cantlay, Sean. Can he hold on? Can he do it this week? I think it's, I think he's shown the last couple of weeks. He's, he's played pretty 
good golf. He won last week, and and I know he was up on the leaderboard a couple of times in the past few weeks prior to that. So I, I do think that uh, he he's a I know he's confident in his game. He saw uh, a, a <clears throat> an interview with him afterwards, and he, and he said those exact words. And I, I, you have to feel good coming off a win, and then getting the advantage in these strokes uh, to to kind of take that lead. Now, I, I I don't know if if you take the two stroke lead and you just go out and you try to to destroy the course, or if you try to play smart golf and just take advantage of the strokes that you can get, knowing that you've got that, but. You've got everybody behind you gunning for you, and they need shots, and they're hoping that everything that you hit is missed. So he's got a big target on himself, and it's not like any other start of the tournament where you know everybody starts even par and you go. He's the number one guy right from the start. So it's it, there's a lot of pressure from the get-go, but I do think that he's very capable of, of playing wire to wire in the lead if, if if he needed to maybe not wire to wire in the lead but i could see him still in contention on sunday yeah, i saw from dj last year for me just looking at his strokes gained last week he gained nearly what was it 15 strokes putting he had less than three strokes gained ball striking for me that's not like a, a recipe to like consistently compete and win 15 strokes putting is just unreal. There's no way, I shouldn't say there's no way you can do that back-to-back weeks. Obviously, I expect his ball striking to improve, but I'm I'm not touching Cantley. I think, this week. that I don't know. I, I just don't trust he can get it done. He hasn't had great results here. In the last three, he's finished 20th or 21st. At that price... I don't know. I, I think you have better options here. Well, the the like you mentioned, there's only 30 guys, and the price ranges go from 13.4 to 5,000. So there's a lot of different avenues that you can make. And as we're moving down the lineup, I'm going to move into John Rum. And I, to my point, I think that extra $400, if you're really looking at these two guys, might come in handy later on as you're looking down at price ranges. There's there's only a few guys in the sevens and and nines, so that 400 can make a difference in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the change. So I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that I'm going to be sticking with, with Cantley either, or, or looking into him into lineups. I think he's a good play. I do think a lot of people are going to pick him though, because he does have his two stroke lead. So, you know, he, he does have to keep the, the golf going and, and do that. But Moving with the $400 change of Rom, I think he's a safer play if you're looking at the two guys that are highest rated. I mean, he he uh, won the U.S. Open this year. He's had one, one heck of a year with COVID and getting things taken away from him in a sense. So he's got a chip on his shoulder to probably finish the year strong and win the money back that he should have won at tournaments or getting the, the awards and recognition that he's got. He's, and he's John Rom. I mean, I think he he's easily probably a favorite in this he's, he's the second highest in the DraftKings rankings um, but I, I do think he if you're looking at one of the top two guys there I, I would go with Ram over Cantley in my opinion I agree with you with Ram it's probably been six or seven tournaments in a row he hasn't finished outside the top 10 not looking at his results right here in front of me but off the top of my head I think it's something like that he's gained I think it's almost like close to three strokes per round. It may have dropped a little. It might be like two and a half. 
strokes per round on the field. Like the next closest guys aren't even at two. So he's automatically just basically gaining a stroke on the field every round over the entire field. And I mean, right, one, two, three, four, that puts him up tied with Cantlay. But it's just the way John Rahm is playing. And I feel like he hasn't necessarily been playing great the last two rounds, but it's still top 10 each time. One of the things that, you know, is he hasn't, I don't know, he's always been a really good ball striker and solid around the greens, you know. It's that you know, Spanish Sevilla mantra that everyone talks about. Everyone's learned from Sevi. Greater on the greens. And he's lost strokes around the green the last two weeks. Ball striking hasn't been good. And I just don't see that happening again. And, I mean, there's three guys up here that I would really be targeting building lineups. He's one of them. The next guy, though, Bryson at 12-3. If you're going to talk about a guy who you're like, any week this guy could win by eight strokes. I feel like it's Bryson, and he's at 12-3. He's over a 1,000 less than Cantlay. Hasn't had good performances here. However, uh, he's that person, how I said, like, if there's something that, you know, they're not great at, they're bad at, that, you know, they could pop off with. I feel like he's that guy where he's going to bomb the ball. But if his irons stay hot as they've been in the last three tournaments he could really pop off you mean brooksy oh sorry pga <laughs> hope you actually i do hope you're listening to this <laughs> podcast that would be pretty cool <laughs> no I, I i do agree with you i do think the, he has been playing some some pretty good golf these last few weeks you have to give it to him i know i'm not the not the biggest fan of Bryson uh, and some of the, the off-the-course antics and some of the ways that he does it. I do give him credit for doing it his own way. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, he's been pretty pretty good at, at the sport. You know, I did mention he had the, the couple uh, the back-to-back uh, balls in the water. But you can see he's hitting the ball far. He's hitting low numbers. And he is a guy that could make some big big shots to give him some some good movement and there's some holes here that he probably makes look like par threes that are par fours and the par fives probably look like a a nice easy par four for him so i think there's a lot of ability for him to move up and like you said the value alone of being a thousand dollars less than cantlay is crazy Uh, but i do think that a lot of people are going to be interested in bryson this week so not to say not to pick him but just thinking of the the popularity, I do think he's going to be one that's up there. Uh, he's just someone who I could see, you know, like I said, just you got to find someone that pops off. He's only three strokes back. The guy that's two strokes back is Tony Fino. He's at 11-8. You have two guys who are already behind Tony Fino in third and fourth place and are priced higher than him. A little bit of disrespect for Tony after he's coming off a win and then a top 15 last week. What what are your thoughts on Tony? Do you have any interest in him, Sean? I no. Um, I, <laughs> I I, right. I think I do, th- and that's not not a. I know you just said, said a little disrespect to him, and then I gave him a lot of disrespect. So sorry, Tony. Uh, but I I don't think that he's playing bad golf or anything around the lines of not being a value pick for me myself. I think there's other guys in the lineup that I would rather 
that I would rather take. Um, probably one of the guys above him if I'm going to start a lineup somewhere and then try to, to work it around. Um, he's not priced bad in terms of the, the where he's at in the lineups to make a play to win the tournament. Um, like you mentioned, fourth on the list, but he's in the final pairing. So it'll it he he could do it. I just we haven't seen Tony really do it until these he's last few. He's a brand weeks. new man. He won a tournament. He's a new man, Sean. Your love for Tony is strong. I appreciate <laughs> that, but uh, you're not going to change me here. But you can talk about him. Yeah, I mean. He's just been ball striking the crap out of it. Kind of back to what we saw earlier in the in the year. Um, and he has a solid all-around game. It's something that, you know, plays at a lot of courses. I don't see him as someone necessarily who just pops off out of nowhere. Wow. However, he has a few decent results here, and he's playing good golf. So it's kind of tough to ignore that. And Like I said, he's a new man. He's got a win. Well, a second win. Broke the curse. <laughs> The next guy, JT, four strokes behind Tony Fino at 11,000. He is someone I will talk about first because I do like him. I feel like he is kind of geared himself for a win here. The ball striking has been really good the last four, and it's been improving after he had two months there where it was kind of shaky after that win um, earlier in the season at the players. And then we kind of saw him fall off a little bit, but <laughs> – He's always played well here. He's what the three top three finishes, I think. Uh, he's someone though that, I mean, to say nicely, isn't a good putter. And as long as he's ball striking like he has been, if the putter can get high, he's got the baby back. If you know he starts making putts, he's someone who I can also see like Bryson that could go very low. And we've seen it before from JT. I mean. Six starting strokes back, he's kind of right in that range where I think he's at that cut of someone who could win it. It's a four-day tournament, so anyone could really, but I don't know. I like JT this week. Just got a feeling. I like him too. I think uh, it's a good time for golf because everybody's talking Ryder Cup. I know people are already in it, and JT's got nothing to worry about. Um, but I do think the kind of getting into that playing your best golf and the mentality of knowing who you are against these other guys in that tournament is going to play. And I do think he's going to, he could start to thrive off of doing really well this week and carry that momentum into it. I do think he's, uh, one of the guys that could use that mentality that he has, uh, that he's used before at times to utilize being down and try to attack the guys in front of him and, and get up to the scoreboard. So with it dropping from eight grand to from Tony or 800, sorry, from Tony, I mean, the, the price ranges are changing. And I think it's, it's going to be very, as you mentioned before, it's going to be very interesting how you build lineups with this because the, just that change alone, you know, could save you something later on down the line. And I think JT's worth every penny that he's there for. Love it. Next, we have DJ at 10-7. For me, I'm not going to touch DJ. I feel like he could be a decent kind of pick to go against a grain. When you see some of the guys who are here posted around him are going to be more popular. Uh, but I I don't trust his game right now. It seems like there's something every week that's just 
bad, like awful, that ruins kind of his tournament. And he's lost strokes on approach the last two weeks, and then he's either lost off the tee or around the green on the other weeks. It's just there's something just every week that it seems like just isn't there for him to compete. I'm not I'm not going to be really touching DJ this week. What about you? Uh, Jordan Spieth is listed at 10-4, and I'm going to start talking about him because I'm on the same page with you about Dustin. Um, All right, go for it. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I'm going to touch Dustin either, but um, hopefully we get to see a Dustin of old that can put huge numbers up. But I do think Spieth is exactly uh, in the same boat for me, at least, of the Justin Thomas for you. I think he's been having the year that he's needed for this this year. You know, all the questions of is he back, is he whatnot in the beginning of the year, who are we going to see? We know who we're going to see. And and I do think that he likes this type of challenge. I, I feel like at the Masters and at other tournaments that he comes in towards, he's always kind of behind making a little bit of run or making some of that Spieth magic that, we, that everyone talks about on Saturday and Sunday. So I, I, do, I do think that Spieth is very... Uh, he's he's on my watch list, I guess, if you will, in terms of how I'm going to try to make him fit into my lineup. The one thing that scares me with him is he's lost strokes off the tee in back-to-back weeks. Kind of like, I'm going to say the old speed, but because even when he was winning tournaments, he wasn't fantastic off the tee, but that scares me a little bit. However, it's kind of one of those things where he has that weakness, and as long as that pops off, he could score well. Similar a little bit to Cam Smith, who's at 10-1. Cam Smith is an interesting pick because you look at the names that we've already kind of mentioned, it's almost like he doesn't quite belong there. But, I mean, he's starting at minus five. He's If you're looking, JT's at four, DJ's at three, Spieth is at four. So he's already beating those guys before the tournament even starts. I mean... He's been playing great golf. His, the irons have been solid. He's a good short game guy, just like Spieth is. A little bit weak off the tee. However, like both of them can, you know, keep up with everyone. They're not like 50 yards back. Um, well, I guess everyone is a Bryson, but you know, I, I'm considering him. I think just him already having the lead on JT, DJ, and Spieth knowing those guys are pressing of killing more than him and I'm already beating them kind of intrigues me a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think, uh, I think he's a value play. I, I'm not, I, I think he's a good play. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Abe answer at 9-6, and then we have Rory McIlroy at 9-3. Abe, you know, he's just a... I don't know. I don't want to say like an architect out there, but, you know, picks his spots, very accurate hitter. Uh, I think he could be okay here. I just, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I just don't feel it picking aid this week. Yeah. I I think he's had a really good season and and we've seen some of the iron play when he plays, he can get really hot. He had that run later on in the earlier on in the year where he had a bunch of top fives and back-to-back weeks. I just don't think that we've seen that type of play out of him in the last couple of weeks. And obviously those finishes. Outside of the, the win at the WGC. 
can't take that well, away from him. Good call. Um, I think I think outside of that win and those that that little streak obviously got him all, a lot of the points to get him to where he's at. Um, so I I think that has a little bit of the price value to it as well. Um, I think if we're looking at anything in the nine range, though, I I, I would go with Rory over over him. Um, I just think that he's obviously I'm a little bit of a fanboy if you've been listening from the start of this, um, but I do think that he's got a little bit of better mentality in terms of trying to. He knows how to play golf, and he's won before, and he was in that Tiger uh, 18 walk, so you know he's he's kind of seen stuff, been there, done that type of thing. So he might kind of either go after it and and attack or maybe take it easy and still attack in that sense so i i do think rory is is another guy that i'm going to try to see how how to fit in yeah i do like rory the driver looks like it's back bombing the ball again which is really his strength is that driver i feel like I mean, he's at minus two, so he's someone who could make a run. I think I prefer Xander. He's another guy at minus two, just under Rory at eight and nine. Xander had the lowest score last year. I think he finished runner-up to Rory the year before. And then he also has won back in 2017, if I'm correct, or 2016, I can't remember. He's just someone who just seems like he loves this golf course, plays well here. Seemingly every time he shows up, has the Olympic win. I think the Olympic hangover is finally over. I mean, I was looking at some of the strokes gained stats for this course alone. And in the last two tournaments, he's gained over 10 strokes on the field in both events. I love that. He's someone who I could see making a big run, and I'll save that little bit on Rory. Well, I I do think uh, Xander's a good play. I do think the Olympic, the Olympic gold medal is uh is going to help him out here in that in that idea. Um, I I do like Xander there as well, and he's he's at a decent discounted price from the the two guys mentioned before. Um, I don't know if you have anything that you want to talk about with Harris English or Sam Burns, but I uh, if we're looking at the rest of the guys in the AK range, I'm going to skip down to Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. I think those two are the guys that if I'm looking in this range anymore, that's where it would be. Uh, I, I think, you know, they, they're going to, I think they would just have a little bit better rounds knowing that they're a little further down in the lineup. I know earlier I mentioned that I thought minus three would be a spot that they could potentially get to. And Morikawa is at that. So with that thinking, he's going to have to get a lot of birdies and get a lot of points in that sense. So he might be very good value. And he's got to give it a go. So these guys are going to be trying to shoot low and trying to score. So even though their value is a little lower in terms of how they may end up in term, in the scoring at the end of the Sunday, you know, they, they still do have to give it a shot to, to make a run for it at any point. So both Morikawa and Hovland, I think the way that they've been playing this season and, and uh, the kind of resume that they have picked up, uh, minus the sand in, in Hovland's eye, there's nothing really bad you can kind of mention about the season. So. Um, I think those two would be where I'm heading towards. Again, nothing against Terrace English or Sam Burns, but um, just money-wise and lineup-wise, I think those two fit my scheme a little bit better. I like Burns. He's been playing great golf lately. He seems to have the confidence. Has the mustache working for him, unlike Ricky. 
Uh, hmm. I'm not touching Morikawa. I still, I mentioned it last week, don't trust him with the injury. Don't really know what the injury is. Don't even know if it's real, but he just hasn't been hitting his irons well. And that's kind of Morikawa's strength. It's what he does well. It's why he's won tournaments. Um, you know, excellent iron play, excellent approach play, and then he just has to pop off and make putts. However, I don't see the iron play right now the last three weeks. It hasn't been good. I'm not touching him. Hovland, I do like. I always like Hovland. Uh, his smile gets me every time. What can I say? He'll be in some lineups. I think he's someone who could definitely go low at three under, has a chance to make a good run. Um, excellent ball striker again. Just as long as he can kind of pop off of that short game, one of those guys who has a weakness in his game just needs to pop off with it. Moving down to the 7Ks, though, we have Brooks at 7-8, Louis Oosthuizen at 7-6, Sungjae at 7-3. I'll go ahead here, Sean. I'm going to tell you I'm not going to touch Louis. It's another injury thing. The It's not quite like Morikawa. I think these guys are going to play – Louis has a neck injury, but seeing him miss, was it three weeks in a row, two weeks in a row, and then showing up, don't really know what his health's at. I doubt he does a late withdrawal on like a Thursday, Wednesday, but don't trust it, don't want to risk it. Brooks, I, I'm not feeling it with Brooks. It's not a major, I'm not playing him. But Sungjae, I definitely will. The ball striking has been unbelievable. He's gotten better each of the last four weeks. He went 46, 24, 16, third. So, I mean, Matt says he should win this week. Unfortunately, he is starting three back, so I don't know if he can do it. However, I like Sungjae. He's been playing excellent lately. I do think I do think it is a shame that Louis uh, is not able to, if he does have to pull out or if he's not able to play, up to this, up to par of what he's used to being played in the season because he's had one heck of a season. Um, so I, I, I probably won't be playing Louis either, uh, which is a shame because I'd like to use him in my lineups this year. Um, but I, I'm kind of interested in Brooks. I don't know how invested he is in this tournament. I, I do think I know I mentioned him earlier with the type of mentality that he has, and if he does have the major mentality with this, then. There's always a chance, but it's not a major, so it's easy to kind of let that slide. I do know that he has a golf tournament next week after this, uh, or at least a match with uh, the Barstool Barstool Sports president, uh, Dave Portnoy. So I know he's been kind of playing lefty and trying to do stuff with that. I don't think it's really going to mess with his game on the right side, but, uh, you know, if he's already thinking about that next week, he might not be playing the greatest. But I do think out of those three, he might be the one that I'm looking into. But you did make a really good sell on Sungjae, so. Yeah, I'm liking Sungjae lately. Uh, looking down into the 6K range, Scotty Scheffler at 6'8", Kokrak at 6'6", Hideki at 6'4", Corey Connors at 6'2", Kevin Knott at 6,000. All of these guys are at minus 2 or minus 1. So this is kind of where we start getting into you got to pick some guys who pop off big time. Which one of these guys pops off, Sean? I think Scheffler um, and Matsuyama are my two guys that I look into in that range. I think 
Um, obviously, with the Masters win under Matsuyama's belt, there's the opportunity, there's the history of him being able to do something or maybe possibly pull something off if his ball striking's on. He's one of the best ball strikers in the world. And I do think Scotty has been playing. He's been playing pretty well with his irons too, um, and the way that he's been able to kind of move about. I know you had him last week on the one and done, and he was the high finisher for us. Um, so he's he does have some scoring abilities in him. Um, but I think uh, Matsuyama being $400 less than him is probably a better value play in my mind. Uh, but those are the two I'd be looking at. Hideki's had some pretty solid finishes in the top 10 here before. Scotty, big game Scotty, had a fifth-place finish last year. He, like I said, I don't think he's finished outside of the top 20 in a major WGC event. Um, maybe did a St. Jude, uh, but still... The big tournaments, it seems like Scotty's always showing up. So, and I, I like him. Love that pick. Hideki, I'm a fan of. Uh, but like I said, if we're looking at guys that could just have a weakness in their game and pop off, it just screams Corey Connors to me. And similar to Hideki, actually. Both of these guys are a little bit in the same ilk. Where excellent ball strikers, when these guys are on their game, like, off the tee and approach, you know, just the whole tee to green package is unbelievable, but they struggle with the putters, especially Corey Connors. Seems like him that he could lose 10 strokes around the green or he could gain six. Where Hideki, I feel like, isn't quite as volatile, but is there. And I think if either of these guys get hot with the putter, they could put up a big number and really move off the leaderboard, get themselves into that top you know, seven top six where you need them to be in order to really make your money. Uh, But just knowing how those two guys, excellent ball strikers, terrible putters, if one of them pops off, I think they're very solid picks. Also, Kevin Na, my hopes for him making the Ryder Cup team, I think have faltered. I don't don't think a win here, I don't know, maybe a win gets him in, I doubt it, but he's at minus two. that would be actually pretty crazy to see him come back from eight strokes, but I think our Kevin Na Ryder Cup dreams have faltered a bit. Coming up, though, we do have two guys who do definitely have some Ryder Cup aspirations, and Daniel Berger and Patrick Reed, both starting at even par, who are 5'8 and 5'7, who I think... Uh, oh, I don't want to say. Reed is a complete mystery. Similar to, you know, how I said with Morikawa and Louis, I I don't trust these guys coming off the injury. I have no idea really what their condition is. You know, I hate risking that late withdrawal with guys not seeing it, not being able to check the lineups in time. Berger, I think, could definitely pop off. Excellent ball striker and gets hot around the greens. Same with Sergio. Sergio falls into that Hideki Corey Connors mold where when he's ball striking, it's unbelievable watching him play until he gets to the green and then you want to just close your eyes like he does with the putter because you'll watch him miss six (laughs) four-footers in the tournament and you'll lose your mind watching him. But if he can just putt the ball, I think he can do well. Um, You know, another guy, Ryder Cup aspirations, I think he'll get there as well. Um, And then the guy who's played himself into the FedEx Cup championship that I – would have never seen coming. Eric Van Royen is our bottom guy at 5,000. 
after winning the Barracuda and then coming off, what is it, three top tens or no, two top tens in the last two tournaments, played himself in. Um, one of the hottest golfers on tour, and he's the cheapest in here. But what do you think about some of these 5K guys, Sean? I do like the two on the, that you mentioned about the Ryder Cup. I do think if Patrick Reed does play, I think that he would be a good good play to go. He you know he does come alive in the Ryder Cup, and he needs one heck of a performance to get into it. So now is the time to do that. But like you said, you know what what kind of Patrick Reed are we going to get, uh, and what the, what does that bring? I know Joaquin Neiman's in here, Garcia and Sink. I'm not too crazy on any of those guys. I don't think that they're, you know, going to really be hitting some numbers that are going to be impressive in sort of what, any sort of way. I do think Bren Royne is a, he is hot and he is going in terms of the, like you mentioned, the scoreboard and the, or the leaderboard. He's been up on there a lot in the last couple of weeks. So, you, you know, he could have to go and score a bunch of points and or score a bunch of uh, birdies and get a bunch of your fantasy points out there if he's playing really well. And he's uh he's got the he's lowest rated to it, so you know, kind of has the least amount of pressure at this point. So I think he's a yeah. good pick as well. And he can definitely go low. He's kind of like Matthew Wolf, where you can go out and see him hit eight birdies, and then the next hole they just go triple bogey, double bogey, bogey, and then eagle, eagle. They're just like, what the hell just happened? And it's just kind of how I feel about like Van Roy and Wolf a little bit too, where they're always just kind of going for it. They're pretty solid all around games, but it's just there's just like a run where they can just blow up on you. Uh, but it could it could work here because you do have to go low, you have to be throwing darts, being aggressive. So it could work for Van Roy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, down here, I think Sergio is probably going to be more of my pick at that 5-4. Just kind of playing with the, you know, if he can make putts, we know the ball striking's there. Solid tee to green. Just make putts, Sergio. So, do you have any final closing remarks on some guys here, Sean, before we end this? No, I just think it's a... Whoever's leading at 18 better have a nice crowd around them like Tiger did. I'm going to keep mentioning it. What guy guy in this would draw the biggest crowd, do you think? I would think that it it would either be in some miraculous way if Bryson and Brooks Koepka ended up together. Uh, If they were together, yeah. They would draw the crowd, but I really do think that if it's just one singular person and we're looking at the field and the type of position and where they're at to kind of get like a big hype around them, I, I think Rory is the guy that would do that. I think he yeah. would, if he was up in that same same type of uh, leaderboard or if he's in the final grouping on Sunday, you know, I, I definitely could see that type of crowd following him and rooting him on and cheering for him. Not necessarily like a passing of the torch in certain terms of events, but there's always been the the kind of uh, that he Rory's been next, if you will, after Tiger. So um, I do think that he would probably be the the guy to do it. But you know, Spieth or Thomas, I guess, if I'm thinking of others. But you asked for one, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, when I said that, when I was looking at the list, I was kind of thinking Spieth or Rory. 
kind of in my head, and then you threw out the Bryson and Brooks combo, and you kind of won with that one. <laughs> well, I think I think just given the current events of everything, and obviously with the season and, yeah. and what's going on, yeah. that would be huge. Um, but Rory probably would would be the biggest one. Yeah, it's. Maybe if it's uh, Rom and Sergio, we get the whole Spanish contingent from the southeast out there taking over. But, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Well, that is all for our final episode of this season from Out of the Rough. Stay tuned as we will have coverage of the upcoming 2021-2022 season. The Ryder Cup coming up. A lot of big events i guess once we get into the new year with all the majors we will be covering the swing season though here um don't be surprised when uh, nate's here next week and sean mysteriously decides not to show up because nate's here and it switches back and forth for the next three months again but uh <laughs> glad to have you here today sean and make sure you go follow us on all the social media out of the rough wk and take care peace